my check, my check, one, two, what is this? This is the Kid Podcast. Um, this is our 10th episode. Congratulations, this is our 10th episode. We're close to 100, 100 listeners. Um, I'm, about to, I'm about to clinch 100 listeners, so thank you guys for listening and staying tuned. Uh, like I, t- I always tell you guys, it's only going to get better. Football is here. I smell it. Um, football is here. It's here to stay. Um, I'm not going to be talking a lot of basketball, if any, uh, these next few weeks uh, because football is here. Football season starts. Um, we're September 5th is the season opener. We got some preseason football. We got the Hall of Fame game coming up this Sunday. And then we got some preseason games that be all that be on all August. So I can't wait for that. This is going to be a goodie. Um... We talked about a lot about the Dallas Cowboys last week in the Cleveland Browns. Um, we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott and the contract situation that we have right now. Okay. Zeke and the Cowboys. I already talked about how I think, how immature I think Zeke is. And if I am the Cowboys, I would consider trading him. Uh, so I discussed that last the, over the last few podcasts. But I want to talk about... Cowboys in training camp. Uh, as we, I think, if you don't know, the Cowboys usually, uh, usually NFL teams they train right outside of the state or the city that they play in. Uh, the Cowboys don't do that. The Cowboys they their training camp resides in California, not Oxford, California. Um, Oxford, California is right outside of LA. I think it's north of LA. If I'm not mistaken, uh, you can you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Oxford, California, is north of LA, um, so it's not so too far outside of LA. That is where the Cowboys train at, or that's where they've been training at for years now. Um, and as we all know, the Cowboys they they're in training camp. Well, uh, yesterday was day two or three, and basically the media, of course, was going to ask questions about Ezekiel Elliott and his contract situation because Zeke was all we all know is still holding out he is yet to decline the offer that the Cowboys have given him uh, I didn't I don't know the specific details or info behind that behind that offer or deal but Zeke has yet to decline it or or give a counter um, offer but Amari Cooper Dak Jason Garrett Byron Jones were asked these Ask similar questions, and they gave similar answers. They they're here. All these guys that I just named: Cooper, Amari Cooper, Dak, who was a fourth rounder, and Jason Gerd and Byron Jones are all all have one year left on their deals. But they're there in training camp. They're not complaining. They're 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 there to get the job done. It's like it's like they don't. It's like all of these guys are. Locked in long term, and they're not. They just they just go out there and do it. They're just going out there and doing it. Byron Jones, one year left in this deal. I think the Cowboys. It's important for them to sign Byron Jones. They, the Cowboys been looking for a DB, a lockdown DB for years. I mean, since Deion Sanders, they've been looking for that guy for years, and they have not found it. They finally found it with Byron Jones. Don't let him slip away. He's too good of a player. He's made a position change, and he that that. Him playing DB works for him. Amari Cooper, the trade, he, 
He got adjusted and adapted to the offense very quickly. The Cowboys were seven and two when they had him on the field. That turned around that season. Keep Amari Cooper. And plus, Dak, if you if you're gonna invest all this money in Dak, Dak needs Amari Cooper to be better. When Amari Cooper was on the field, Dak was better. So you keep the guy that makes Dak better. Jason Gurr has one year left on his on his deal. He's like, hey, we gotta go. I gotta go out here and coach. I gotta do what I gotta do. Zeke. Zeke has two years left on this deal. Zeke has two years left on this deal, and I just don't know what he's thinking. He has two years left on this deal. It's like it's almost like he's skipping the line. And here go the thing: MLB owners and, and baseball owners and baseball. If you're a good player, if you're talented, you can. If you smack a lot of balls out the park, you're gonna get paid. You're gonna get paid. Uh, they they don't tend to look at the bad average as much as we saw with Manny Machado, with some big time free agents this offseason like Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, guys that can hit the ball outside the park and they they put people in the stands. So baseball owners and there's no cap space. So baseball owners they, they salary cap. So baseball owners are going to pay if you can if you can if you hit dingers they're going to pay you. NBA pay, NBA owners. They usually, when their back's against the walls, they usually cave. They usually cave. And this is where NFL owners usually a 50-50 proposition when it comes to playing, with the, when it comes to paying star, star players. You know, it's usually a 50-50 thing. Rather if they cave in or they just trade them and let them be or let them walk. So this is my thing. I, I, me personally, I do not like to be economically or as I get older I don't want to be economically trapped and I never experienced being economically trapped or or in an economic bind I haven't been experienced to that or exposed to that yet and I don't think I will but when I, it's just certain things that I will do I'm not gonna I, I always eat here go one thing. Here go one thing. You may see it as something little or small, but here go one thing. I before I go to any sporting event, if even if it's a wizard game, a Redskin game, a cowboy game, so forth, I never buy nothing to eat there at the arena. I don't buy nothing to eat at the arena. I'm gonna if I pay for at the arena nachos and popcorn. $15 for $15 for some average popcorn. I'm not paying. Um, I'm, I'm eating before I go to the sporting event that I'm heading to. I always do that. The most I buy at the, at the, at the stadium is a drink, something to drink, a Sprite, a soda. Uh, I, I, never, I never pay for nachos, hot dogs, chicken tenders, all that good stuff. I don't pay for that at the arenas. Totally overpriced. I don't like to be economically trapped, or I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be. And I would hope some adults would take this as some some advice of not being economically trapped. But the Cowboys may be economically trapped with Dak. I mean, with Zeke. Um, if you look at Jerry Jones and his history with 
pain guys. Jerry Jones is a risk taker. He's a risk taker himself. He relates to Zeke and some and some past players that that had their off the field issues because Jerry is a he's a guy that likes he he's in, he's a guy that enjoys life. I think that's a good way to put it for Jerry Jones. He's a guy that enjoys life. He was a young oil man when he bought the Cowboys. Um, there's even books and stories of Jerry Jones when he first bought the Cowboys um, in the late in the late eighties. When he first bought the Cowboys, he was to keep to keep bill to pay the bills off. He would have to sell some antique cars in the back of Cowboy Stadium just to pay off bills when the when it came to the Cowboys. So Jerry Jones is a risk taker. He enjoys life. He he was a young oil. He was a young maverick in the oil business. He's big and he was big in the oil game. That's how he was able to afford the Cowboys. He was an oil man. So I look at the combination of Zeke being relatable to, to, to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones being a risk taker, and Jerry Jones. Also relating to his to his current player right now in Ezekiel Elliott with having issues off the field and players to the past where they dealt with the Cowboys and the Cowboys dealt with that. Um, I, I the Zeke thing, like I said, they're gonna have to pay him too. They're gonna have to pay him too because the running backs that they have. I was looking at their, I was looking at who they had drafted and then I watched a little bit of their training camp footage last. I mean yesterday. Um, and that's all that was on. Uh, they, they drafted this guy, Tony Pollard. Uh, he's, he's more of a pass catching back. He's not really a every down back that the Cowboys need or want, or that was that, 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 that line is built for. That line is not necessarily built for a cast, a pass catching back. It's built, it's built more for a back like Zeke, a three down back. Uh, I don't think the guy Pollard that they have that they drafted. I don't. He's not as good as a. Um, he's not as good of a pass blocker as Zeke. So I just don't know. I think the Cowboys they're gonna have to for, they're gonna have to be forced and they're gonna be caved in to pay Zeke and they're gonna be economic. They're gonna be economically in, in, in bind. They're gonna be in bondage. They're gonna be economically trapped. They're gonna be economically trapped. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to end up paying. Seventeen bucks for a chicken wrap at the at the airport. Fifteen dollars on a beer. That's what they're gonna have to pay. Fifteen dollars at a beer at the stadium. That's what they're gonna have to pay when it comes to Zeke. And the the, the and what I like with teams that I like, and what and especially especially not 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 so much New England because New England have been doing this for two three decades, but. Teams like Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Indianapolis, they drafted multiple running backs. That's why Pittsburgh wasn't in a hurry to pay Le'Veon Bell. They they drafted James Conner. They drafted James Conner. They weren't they weren't they weren't in a bind. They weren't caved in or forced to pay Le'Veon Bell. And for people that say the Steelers didn't make the playoffs because they didn't sign Le'Veon Bell, that's kind of wrong. That's kind of wrong. Pittsburgh was going into December with a two-game advantage in the AFC North over the Ravens. 
and they they failed and choked miserably in December. They crunch, they they folded in December. Not because Le'Veon Bell. Philadelphia they drafted a ton of they 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 drafted a ton of running backs. Cleveland's done the same. New England had the best had the best trio of running backs all last year. I think that's the right. I think that's the way to go. With you paying your quarterback so much, then you have to spread that 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 other money out with your linemen and your receivers, and then your your pass rushers and then your DBs. Running backs just aren't important. Running backs are like the center position in basketball. Nobody really needs a center no more, or a center that posts up, or or a center that has their back to the basket. Nobody really needs that no more. Nobody wants that. No, nobody wants it. And that's what the running back is in the NFL. A decreasing role that is that is very violent. Um, my brother just told me he's trying out for his team. He's going to play running back. I was like, ah, that's good that you're trying out for, that you're trying a new sport. But running back, uh, but I think he'd be okay. But running backs, it, it, it's not as viable in, in, in football. It's just like the center position in basketball. Mainly a, 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 a center that can't really shoot or that's offensive, offensively limited or a center that has a back-to-the-basket game but nobody posts up in, 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 in the NBA no more. Nobody posts up. So, and, you know, with Zeke wanting this extension, it's like he's jumping the line. Dak, Mark Cooper, Byron Jones, all have one year left on their deal. Dak was a fourth-rounder. So his con- so his rookie contract is a little bit is a lot cheaper than Zeke's rookie contract. Zeke is going to be making thirteen million dollars this year. Dak is not Dak is barely making a million dollars this year. If that, if that, but we're going to move on. And I was talking of risk, and I was speaking of risk, and we're going to move on. Risk is a big thing. Um. If you don't know, I my doing doing this summer, I worked at a bank and well, I worked at a place or agency that regulates banks. I didn't work at a bank. I work at a place that regulates banks, and we were talking about risk and risk factors and what comes out of risk. And it's just very interesting that a lot of teams have bought into. These free agents that they have acquired, either do via trade or via signing, um, and then they have a lot of acquired players from the draft, and it's just interesting because I see a lot of high risk, high rewards, and I think the Cleveland Browns are going to be the, probably the most watched team in the NFL besides probably the Cowboys and the Patriots, because the Cowboys and the Patriots, their ratings are, are always high. But with the Browns, they look very interesting. I know everybody loves the Browns. Everybody loves to talk about the Browns. Here and there, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb. Everybody loves the Browns. I see this as a potential risk, high risk at that. High risk, high reward, though. And I'm going to talk about how all, this, all, all the Browns this year, Super Bowl contenders, can they get to the Super Bowl this year? I'm going to talk about that. 
and I, I kind of discussed this last podcast when I mentioned my Super Bowl bubble and I revealed my Super Bowl my Super Bowl bubble. The Browns, you know, I was so the more of the GQ thing of um the the GQ article with Odell Beckham, you know, I look I'm looking at that, and what I did noticed, he tattooed. Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham tattooed some personal goals, some individual goals that he wanted to accomplish. Nothing, once again, like I said, like I said last week, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with trying to accomplish your individual goals. Nothing wrong with that at all. I'm actually all, I'm all in for goal setting. I'm all in for goal setting. I think goals are important to have. I don't think, I don't think... Nearly enough people set goals for themselves or or reachable goals. How about that? So he wants twenty touchdowns. And I'm you know I'm here. I'm looking at some of these accolades and records that he wants, and I'm like, how are you gonna get this without you being a cancer to your team? He wants 2,000 receiving yards. How are you going to do that when you have a young stud tight end in Nujoku? Your best friend is no scrub. Jarvis Landry is a 90-catch receiver. How do you want? How, how are you going to get 2,000 receiving yards? How are you going to get 20 receiving touchdowns? You have talented running backs behind Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt after the first eight games. You have talent everywhere on the field. How are you going to accomplish these goals? And that was my whole thing. They're not reachable. I have no problem getting. I have no problem with Odell having his goals and his plans set aside and ready to go and accomplish them. I have no problem with that. But how are you going to accomplish these goals when you have so many, so much talent? On the field, on the same team, wearing the same jersey. How? How does that work, Odell? And I'm, I have grown to like Odell Beckham. I always liked him as a player, but when you get to know him as a, I'm, you know, he started, he started his own YouTube channel. I watched the intro to that. I looked at his GQ, or I've read his GQ interview. And you know, I follow him. I I like the guy. I think the guy is a cool guy. I think we need more. I'm gonna get to this too. I think we need more players like that. And I wish the NFL embraced that a little bit, a little bit more. Oh, look, the Browns got into a fight. Um, <laughs> I wish the NFL embraced that a little bit more. But I'm gonna talk about that. And with Beckham. I just I just don't know how these goals are accomplishable. But you want to talk about risk in Cleveland, and sometimes these risks pan out and they work well. Last year, the Rams signing all these big players in free agency, Nadama Kinsu, uh, or acquiring them rather, Akeem Talib, Marcus Peters, Dante. They had they had a lot of talent in their roster. They play well together. They they manage the egos. 
yeah, they lost the Super Bowl, and yeah, you can say uh, they shouldn't have gotten to the Super Bowl, but they got there. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, high risk, but high reward. Everybody looks at Sean McVay as a genius. Everybody looks at Jared Goff as one of the next up-and-coming quarterbacks. I like it. I like it. High risk, high reward. You look at what the Raptors did. I hate to move the basketball. You look at what the Raptors did. You Masai Ujiri trades for Kawhi Leonard, even though he's hurt. Keeps him out for 20 games. They, he, or he doesn't play. He misses 20 games. Toronto has that target on their chest like, hey, you got to do it. You got to do it now. They go out and win the title. Indianapolis Colts moving off of Peyton Manning. Draft Peyton Manning. Drafting Andrew Luck. They're like, okay, yeah, Peyton, yeah, you might say Peyton came back and had a record-setting year. Yeah, that one year. After that, what happened? Oh, Peyton went down. His play went down. Andrew Luck? They have Andrew Luck for the next eight years. Eight years of guaranteed success, if they can protect him. Kansas City moving off of Alex Smith. Big risk. That's a big risk. Alex Smith, was, he had he had a, a lot of wins. He won a lot of games. He has many wins as Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers on a year-in, year-out basis. He had as many wins as those guys. So I like the risk factor, and I love taking risk. I would consider myself a risk taker. It hasn't always worked out. You know, the Redskins are very known for taking risk. The Redskins are very known for taking risk. And it hasn't worked out. Signing big players and stuff as such. It hasn't worked out. 89, look what the Cowboys did in the offseason in 89. Jerry Jones buys the Cowboys in 1989. He fires legendary coach Tom Landry. He hires his college teammate, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson trades Hershey Walker. He gets an abundance of picks. He gets an abundance of players. Next, next, next time you look up, in the 90s, in the early 90s, they won back-to-back titles. And then we all know how it was Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. Then in 95, they won another Super Bowl title with the same team, with the same roster. I mean, I'm not saying these brown, this Brown thing is not going to work, but uh, the Browns, uh, high risk, high reward. Severus so taking on all these players and all these egos, and then you have Baker Mayfield to top that off with a first-year head coach. Ugh, ugh, might be a little tough, but I like what they have. I like what they have, and I'm going to give you. I'm going to. I'm going to tell you next segment. Whether or not the Browns are Super Bowl favorites, or should they be Super Bowl contenders? Okay, so I, I'm back. Um, Browns, Cleveland Browns, Super Bowl contenders. Are they Super Bowl contenders? Um, are the Browns Super Bowl contenders? I don't think they are. Um, last podcast, I talked about I talked about my Super Bowl bubble and how. I did my Super Bowl and how we're going to continue to do my Super Bowl bubble. 
Um, I see the Browns as a team that, that I think they're going to win the division. But watch out for the Steelers. The Steelers are a sleeper. A lot of team, a lot of analysts and experts are just counting out the Steelers due to their all uh, their offensive weapons being gone now with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. A lot of people are counting the Steelers out, but I think they still have the best quarterback in the division and the best coach in the division. And I'm not going to bet against that. I still like the Steelers. But, but don't sleep on them. But I think the Browns, I think they do win the AFC North. Um, like I said, I have the right to change that as we get closer. My my prediction is going to be, my prediction is going to be final once all the games are played in week one. I, I, before the games are played in week one, my decisions will be final. But I think the Browns, I think they win their division. I think they go about 10 and 6. About 10 and 6. I think that's respectable. But are they really, truly Super Bowl contenders? I don't think so. Not in my estimate. I think with a first-year rookie coach, I think they still have a lot to prove to me. Uh, they, haven't, they don't have a player on that damn team that's won anything. They, don't have no, they have no winners on that team. They lack winners on that team. They are, I mean, as far as we know, they may, they may be 9-7 and seven this year. I can easily be looking at a 9-7 and seven team or 11-5 and five team. I think 10-6. I'm going to go right in the mid- middle of that. But the Browns, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, he played well. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna give it to him. He played well, and where he stepped in and he, he took charge, he did. But he he his quarterback numbers. He had ten touchdowns, eleven interceptions against the good teams, quote unquote good teams. Anytime Cleveland played the good teams, those were his numbers: ten touchdowns, eleven interceptions. Uh, I see that as a problem. He uh, he dominated the teams that weren't as good or weren't that good whatsoever. He did his thing. He put up huge numbers against Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati had an all-time all-time worst defense and one of the all-time worst defenses in the league last year. So I give him that. I give him credit for that. But I mean, uh, you know, the, the whole Baker Mayfield thing and like I saw a list came out NFL Network. They say he's better than Sean Watson. No, he is not. So I'm looking at this. Do the, are the Browns truly Super Bowl contenders? I don't think so. I think my true Super Bowl, Super Bowl contenders in the AFC are the Patriots, the Col- the Patriots, the Colts, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. Um, I'll be willing to put the Browns in there as the season go on. They were outside of my Super Bowl bubble. But I had them with outside. I had them within my Super Bowl bubble. I'm not counting them out as a Super Bowl contender. But as of right now, and with me not even seeing them play together, I don't know how the Odell thing is going to work. Is it sustainable? I don't know. And that's what I have to see. Once those things are, once I can like truly see those things, I I I'd be willing to put them in my Super Bowl bubble. But are they are they Super Bowl contenders? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we need to calm down on the Super Bowl hype. I think it. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's outrageous that we just automatically assume they're Super Bowl contenders. I think it's outrageous. So, uh, you know, they're not Super Bowl contenders. I don't think so. But I think they'll be really good. I think they. I think they. I think they make the playoffs. They'll probably have a home game. I don't know. But Super Bowl contenders, are they? No. No. 
No, not to with not 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 whatsoever. No. Um. So this is one last thing I want to talk about. Uh, who had who's more under pressure, Matt Ryan or Cam Newton? Because both of these guys, uh, you know, I, last week once again I did my pod. I did did I did a podcast on an episode based off of quarterbacks and quarterback rankings, and. I had Matt Ryan as a B-plus quarterback. I thought Matt Ryan, if you couldn't have one of those top seven guys, like a Breeze or Mahomes or Brady or Rodgers or Luck or or Wentz or Roethlisberger or Rivers, I think, or Wilson, I think Matt Ryan is that guy that you'll be looking for once the field is clear or once that picking is gone. Matt Ryan is the best, is the next best available guy. And then we have Cam Newton. Cam Newton's talented, but he's getting older. He can't use his leg. Like he, he can't use his legs like he like he used to. So who's more under pressure? Both missed the playoffs last year. Who's most who's more under pressure? And you know, I, I get what some people would probably say Matt Ryan, because he had a talented roster, you know. He has Julio Jones, Devontae, you know, Freeman, the Falcons. They've just been a better franchise historically. You know, Matt Ryan's a better quarterback. I I think most people would agree he's a better quarterback than Cam Newton. So most people say Matt Ryan. And, you know, they had point back to the Super Bowl loss that he had or the it, it was more than a loss. That that was heartbreaking. That was heart-wrenching, uh, having a 25 point lead and then losing it but I would say Cam Newton's more under pressure I think Cam Newton's more under pressure this year he has North Turner he has to show that he can take the next step in his career with him delivering the ball accurately precisely on time he like I said he has great arm talent he he, he has he throws a tight spiral but he has to he has to prove that he can throw the ball accurately within the pocket. Because he's 30. He's going into his ninth season. He's going to have to adapt. He's going to have to change his whole game up. And, you know, I know, I know most people say, ah, he can't change. That's just who Cam is. Well, I, great. You have, to be, you have to be able to adapt. And I look at Brady. I look at LeBron. Those two guys are probably the best adapters in sports. They adapt, and I don't know. I don't, you know, I hate to speculate. I hate to do this, but I don't know if it's. I don't know. I don't know the reasons why LeBron is such a great adapter. I don't know if because his childhood. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's why he's such a great adapter. I don't know why Brady is such a great adapter. Brady has. He's basically played within three eras. I don't know why. He's a great adapter, but he's these two players are great adapters. They're great. They're great adapters, and you know people say, "Oh, Cam can't change." That's just who he is. Well, Cam won't be playing for very long if he can't change his game. At least, at least modify it. I think modify is a much thing. Modify has a more positive connotation behind it. Behind it, more so than change. You know. Russell Westbrook got to change his game. He got to modify his game. 
Cam Newton's got to modify his game if he wants to continue to be the starting quarterback in his league that we all know he is. I look at the 2015 breakdown in this in the the 2015 Super Bowl breakdown. Even though, like I said, even though Matt Ryan didn't do any better in the second half of his Super Bowl, his only Super Bowl appearance, Cam he 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 displayed a certain level of immaturity after that po- in during that post game conference that we never probably never seen in sports, and then. His play in the Super Bowl that year, I I don't know what to tell you. I I see I see Cam I Cam is more he's under more pressure. Then he has to adapt his game. I think he's I, I think he's under more pressure than uh, my guy Matt Ryan. And I like Matt Ryan. I like I said I tell you guys all the time. Matt Ryan is a B plus quarterback. I do it like this. I take his best seasons, worst season. Matt Ryan, look at the, look at those seasons in between. He's a B plus quarterback. Matt Ryan is a B plus quarterback. Just because a realtor, just because a B plus realtor makes an A sale, doesn't mean he becomes just automatically an A realtor. If you're a B plus realtor and you sell ten properties, and you have two. You have two, mm, let's say, A sales. And, you know, you, then you got one C sale, and then the rest, the rest of the six or seven are B plus sales. I'm going to say that you are B plus B realtor. Because most of your sales are B pluses or B, or B sales or B properties. That's just what Matt Ryan is. Cam Newton, I, he has to develop as a thrower of the football. And I, he has to. It's a must. He must develop into, he must develop into, uh, into a pocket passer. And you can still use your legs. And you can still improvise and do some of the things that you've been doing for, I mean, just about the rest of your life, that, you, that you've been doing for your entire life, but you still, you have to modify your game. And the league is trying to protect quarterbacks, but you still have to modify your game. So I think Cam Newton's more under more pressure. And I'm I, the way how, I mean, because he plays in a tough division, and it's going to be tough for the Panthers to get to the playoffs because it's a lot of good teams in the NFC. It's a lot of it's. I, I see a lot of NFC teams that I could, I could. It's a lot of teams in the NFC that can make an argument that they they can go to the playoffs this year. It's a lot of those teams. So I'm not gonna base off of. I'm not gonna base how much better Cam Newton got due to team success or all of it on team success. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at his completion percentage numbers. I'm gonna look at his numbers. I'm gonna look at I'm gonna look at some of his games. I'm gonna look at did he did he make improvements in areas that he lacked. Same with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan Atlanta hopefully Derek Cutter they got they Derek Cutter got something up his bag, up his trick up his up his sleeve. Hopefully he got something because they have Atlanta has to find a way to get Julio Jones in the end zone once they get in the red zone. They have to. The red zone efficiency 
Matt, with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So they have to figure out a way. They have to be creative enough to be able to get the ball to Julio Jones when it's time to get him the ball in the red zone. Because I found it absolutely ridiculous that they cannot get him the ball in the red zone. He's a big target. You know, he's a monster. He can go over guys. So why can't he get the ball in the red zone? But, you know, I think Cam is under more pressure. We'll see what they do. Um, I don't think Carolina gets to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl or playoffs. Never less Super Bowl. Playoffs because the NFC is very difficult. But I want to see Cam's progression. I want to see his improvement. Um, I want to see Cam succeed. So that's what I have for there. Let's move on. Let's move back to OBJ. And this is where, you know, I mentioned his goal setting. And, you know, I love goal setting. I love that. I love the fact that he has goals set for himself. But what I also tend to like is Odell is probably the best. He's probably the first NBA player in the NFL. What I mean by NBA player in the NFL I mean, you know how NBA superstars are marketable. You see them on every commercial. You probably go out to Foot Locker and you buy, you buy your kid the LeBron sneakers, the Curry sneakers, the Kyrie sneakers, the Paul George sneakers. NBA stars are everywhere. NBA stars are noticeable. Anywhere they go, they're noticeable. Odell Beckham is probably one of the few guys that, are, that, is, that is, is that in the NFL. You know, NFL is more about teams and... The, the system and the coaches. It's more about that. It's more about the teams and the systems and the coaches that revolve around, around the league. But in the NBA, there's more of a feeling. It's, a, it's definitely a player-friendly league. You know, players tend you know get the big contracts. It's, it's definitely all about that. And this, is the, and this is the problem right now with baseball. Baseball and the MLB fans are getting older and older. I don't think baseball do the best job of promoting Mike Trout. Half of you guys that's probably going to listen to this don't know who in the hell Mike Trout is. But Mike Trout is probably the best baseball player in the last 20 years. <laughs> but you, don't, you, you probably wouldn't be able to recognize Mike Trout. And that is a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. I and I think it may take a little while, but and I in this Giants move with them moving Odell because he's a cancer in the locker room. Even though no players on the Giants or players that or any former Giant player haven't came out and said anything about Odell being a cancer to the locker room, they haven't came out and said that. Look at the Giants. Giants, they're about the right thing. Eli Manning, he, you know, he has this good boy image. He's a Manning quarterback. Let's be honest, white. So it's like, uh, okay. You know. It, it, I mean, you, know, you know, it is what it is. But most of the Giants fans are not young. Most of the Giants fans are in their 40s, 50s. They, they're old enough to remember those 80s Giants teams with LT and Phil Sam. Like, that's their, 
demographic. That's their fan base. But I think, I mean, for me, and looking at and looking at the younger perspective and having the younger generation perspective, and it's even like this with basketball, but basketball embraced their players and their stars. Kids don't. Kids nowadays really do not have a team. They do not have a diehard team. That's more of a traditionalist thing or a baby boomer thing or a Generation X type of thing. Millennials and Generation Z don't really have favorite teams. They have favorite players. It, you see a lot with LeBron when he moves from team to team. Oh, I'm on that team. I'm following him. I'm following LeBron. It, it, a lot of play, a lot of people when Odell joined the Browns, a lot of teens and kids they like, hey, I don't care if the Browns stink or stunk for the last twenty, thirty years. I don't care. Odell's on the Browns, along with Jarvis Landry. I'm a Browns fan now, and that's more of the younger view. That's more of the younger aspect and perspective on football. And I think if football don't sh- if they don't, if they can't find a way to shift a little bit, a little bit towards marketability and getting their getting their players more TV time and more brand, like Odell, you know, he's Odell. He has a global brand, but is AJ Green recognizable? Is JJ Watt record like? You know, J.J. Watt, he's, he's a big guy, but still, I think if the NFL can't find a way to shift their gener- – if they can't find a way to shift their fans to more of the players and trying to bring out the best of their players or out of their players, I think the NFL will slowly turn into the MLB. Ratings are down. Nobody, nobody. It's more of an older sport where young kids, young teenagers, don't really look at baseball, and you know they see who win the World Series here and there. They know who's good, but some people, if Mike Trout was walking in Pentagon in Pentagon City Mall, most people wouldn't know who Mike Trout is, and Mike Trout is probably the best baseball player. Of our lifetime, <laughs> Mike Trout is probably the best baseball player of our lifetime. But many people would not know who Mike Trout is. But that is baseball's fault. That is the MLS. That is the MLB problem, and that is their problem. That's their biggest problem right now. And the NFL may very well face that same issue if they cannot. If they cannot try to find a way to brand their stars. If they can't find a way to do that, they might be short. <laughs> they they might be short. And that's this is why a lot of, you know, I, I hate to just go back to basketball, but when basketball season starts, I'm going to have some basketball segments because people love the NBA. NBA give us soap operas. They got the stars. I got Harden Westbrook. I got LeBron AD. I got Kawhi and Paul George. They give us so much excitement. They give us so much stars. And yeah, football gives us that too. But average team, you know, 
You want to watch this Red Skate and Cowboy game? Or are you going to watch this? You're going to watch LeBron and AD go against Kawhi and Paul George. It's just different. It's different. And I'm not saying kids don't love football. I'm not saying kids don't watch football. But what I'm saying is kids tend to gravitate to a player. They tend to gravitate to a Pacific player at that. Kids are not looking for a team. They don't root for a one Pacific team every year, all year for their, for their whole entire childhood. Some do. Some do. But that may be due to a Pacific player that has played on that team for a long time. That has longevity on that team. Jevity on that team. So, if the, I, I wish enough, and it's easier said than done, of course. But if the NBA, if the NFL can't figure out a way to really like to get behind their stars and help their stars grow, the NFL is going to be just like the MLB. Their 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 fans are getting older. MLB fans, they're about forty five and up. Teenagers not watching baseball. Teenagers not watching Mike Trout, Christian Yelich. Most you probably don't even know who Christian Yelich is. Christian Yelich, pop, Christian Yelich is one of the most lethal hitters in baseball. Nobody—they're not watching Nolan Arenado. They're not watching them. So, if football, if NFL can't figure out to brand their stars, and look at that NFL commercial with Gatorade with Todd Gurley, if they can't figure out figure out a way to back their stars. It's going to be a lot like the MLB. But, you know, NFL is more about the system, the coaches, you know, the strategic things behind the game plans and stuff like that. And that's fine. I, I like it. I'm going to like it regardless. But, you know, average teams, not going to watch it. Average teams going to tune into LeBron, AD, Curry, Clay, Harden. Sorry. Sorry, I have to go back to the NBA, but that's just what it is. That's just what the teens like. That's what teens like. What shoe do they have on? Oh, my bad. They got the Paul Georges, not the Odell Beckhams or the Ezekiel Elliots. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> so, they got Jordans on, not the Joe Montanas. <laughs> so, I mean, just that's just an interesting conversation, an interesting Topic that is going to grow if the NFL don't do nothing about it. But I figure I'll talk about it. So, you know, this is going to be it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope you got a lot from this. Uh, we're going to be only getting better. Uh, football season right around the corner. Hall of Fame game on Sunday. Stay tuned. Um, be on the lookout for updates. I'm going to keep you guys updated um, with a lot of breaking news. Uh, hopefully Zeke is back in the Cowboy camp. Um, and, and I'm out.